0: I'm Dave Nordman, the executive editor of the Telegram and Gazette, uh, joined on this voice of business by Tim Murray, CEO and president of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Tim. Good to be here, Dave. Um, another uh, another busy week at the Chamber um, as things... Uh, you know as the business world uh, continues to open up and uh vaccines uh become more prevalent um you've got an exciting event uh on on Wednesday today um you know the uh construction and real estate round table
1: yeah we're, we're we're thrilled that at noon today we're going to have chip norton uh from uh Uh, Mercantile Center and and Chip, you know, and Franklin Realty advises his company. You know, we talk about all the development and momentum in in Worcester uh, and the investment that's taken place. Uh, Chip's investment in in the City Square Mercantile Center project, and City Square is the larger project, but Chip Norton acquired uh, a couple of the buildings uh, and the garage. Uh, and kind of known as Mercantile Center, and has invested over $70 million in upgrading the buildings, uh, uh, b- both the office buildings, 100 Front Street and 120 Front Street, into true Class A office buildings, and uh, re- repurposed, cleaned up the garage, and really redone the whole kind of common area and plaza. And before COVID hit, had announced you know two restaurants, of, of one of, of, of well-known uh, Ruth Chris and the other Kind of a Boston area restaurant group, uh, the Broadway Hospitality Group. But uh, those two projects are going to be coming online. And the good news is, notwithstanding you know the COVID situation, the construction right now for the 500 uh, person restaurant with the uh, deck that the Broadway Hospitality Group
0: uh, is is, is underway. Yeah, and you know uh, those of you, uh, those you know of us who know uh, Chip and. <clears throat> all that he's done, um, you know, he really is the uh, is the right person to lead such a roundtable because, you know, it's uh, he seems to be always in the middle of of uh, of everything.
1: He has. And he's done development here in the city. You know, Mercantile Center is the most recent iteration, but uh, Chestnut Place was was something that he had been involved with, as well as the old Tom McCann building. Uh, he is uh, working right now for people down in South County or even people from who are listening uh, from Southbridge uh, and, and w- w- Central Mass who are aware of the old American Optical Building. He's acquired that and has continue to make improvements with more uh, uh, proposed for that whole complex and area, which will will benefit Southbridge and, and the region. So he's a proven, successful developer. And uh, he's going to be speaking in our Construction Real Estate Roundtable, which is sponsored by Badaj and Dewey and IBEW Local 96. And we've got nearly 100 people. And I think, you know, because of Cliff's rep, excuse me, because of Chip's reputation and the work that he's done to date, I think a lot of people are interested in where he thinks the, the real estate market's going as we come out of COVID.
0: Right, and uh, you know, and speaking of the Mercantile Center, it's kind of you know for I think for for a long time it kind of went. You know, unrecognized what a big project uh, this was and what an important project uh, for the downtown area. It is. You know, when you think about
1: the city square project, you know, we knocked down a lot of the the mall uh, and uh, rightfully so recreated the street grid and created a number of pads of which we've seen develop, sp- development spring up, you know, 380 units uh, of housing approximately at 145 Front Street. The AC Marriott building, 180-room hotel, uh, thereabouts with the 110 grill on the first floor. We've got the the garage renovation and then the uh, uh, Unum building, uh, which went up. But the other big quarter of that was, was CHIP, and, and CHIP acquired uh, those properties from... Uh, Berkeley Development, who had initially acquired the whole mall site, and he um, he really has gone through these buildings, which were built, you know, 50 years ago, and, and really upgraded them significantly. Continues to, to 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 re-sign tenants and bring
0: new people in, and really upgraded the whole area. So, uh, yeah, one of you, know, you know one of the largest, you know, privately financed commercial projects in the history of downtown
1: no without a doubt and and you know when you think about you know you need density you need people but and he's gonna kind of working to create this you know 18 hour day feel and that's where the, the restaurants come in the broadway hospitality group a successful regional developer i think they're very bullish on worcester uh, and, and talking to the you know the principal and when we did the rollout Uh, you know, with the Red Sox opening this year and uh, you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people over the course of the season coming into the city. And that's even with some of the COVID restrictions early on, but as they are lifted, you know, 70, you know, nearly 70 baseball games uh, and events, uh, all within probably a mile of, of Mercantile Center in yeah. the ballpark. It, it's people going to want places to go before and after.
0: You know, if I was I was telling this to somebody the other day, Tim, in uh, the Mercantile Center garage. If this if this were Fenway that would be like one of the closest garages to the ballpark, right? Right. And here it is, you know, um, maybe, what, a block and a half away. You walk out the front, you know, across the common, take a left under the bridge You're near in the center field concourse.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I do think as we create more destination places for people to to, to visit, and, and so whether it be in the Hanover Theater, one of the, the concerns that we've had over the years is, I wish there was a place where I could, you know, walk to before and after. And we've seen a couple of... Uh, you know, the theater cafe and, uh, 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 you know, some of the other, you know, places, we don't have enough of them. People would argue that they're packed before and after events at the the, at the Hanover Theater. Similarly, I think with the ballpark, you know, and uh, people are going to want to come before and after and, and be able to walk, park their car uh, to the extent when they're driving and just be able to walk and not have to get in their car to go do all these other things. And so, I think we're getting to that point, and then the other other element of this is housing, right? Uh, we see. Uh, s- several uh, large and reputable developers that have announced that they're going to uh, launch projects around the ballpark, not not originally envisioned in the in the ballpark district, but Boston Capital coming in over four phases, uh, uh, 400 units of housing approximately, Churchill James as well. And and so people are more comfortable walking when they see other people moving and going about and stopping into shops or stores or going to, to concerts or a ball game or a hockey game. So I, it's coming, it's just uh, three yards and a cloud of dust
0: yeah and i and i and I see the mercantile center and how you, you mentioned a world you know class you know um you know office space and then you have the ballpark, and now you have that you know small area in between, which really you know becomes. You know, uh, a foot traffic type of area, you know, not only for people who park here, but people who visit, you know, whether it be the 110 grill or or, uh, the the steakhouse or the other restaurants coming in. So, you know, like you said, there's, there's Green Street and there's Harding Street and, you know, the Canal District, but then there's also, you know, you keep kind of working out from that area.
1: Yeah, I you know I know when, when the whole ballpark <laughs> proposal came out and uh, the state uh, was you know under Lieutenant Governor Polito with with her advocacy was able to prov- a mass works infrastructure grant to build which I th- which I think will be close to a 500 car parking garage I don't have the exact number of spots but you know that's a piece of the puzzle but the other uh, you know people say well is there going to be enough parking well uh, the city manager had done a study I think within a 25 mile, or a mile and a half radius between the public and private. Um, I mean, parking just, lots. Yeah. There was like
0: five thousand. Yeah, you look at the the garages there. Now you've got Union Station. You obviously have the the Fidelity Bank Worcester Ice Center. You know, you've got the Mercantile Center. Right. You know,
1: and not to mention, you know, uh, the Pearl Elm Garage. Uh, you know, downtown. You've got the uh, the cross from the Hanover. I mean, it, you know, there's a number of. of, of Parking garages, never mind just surface lots.
0: Yeah, and, and clearly, you know, uh, no shortage of things for uh, in uh, Chip to uh, to discuss on, uh, on Wednesday at noon.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think, you know, giving an update on where he's, you know, currently with his existing properties, I think people will be interested in to hear with the retail, you know, pieces. You know, everyone's asking the question, what does the new normal look like uh, in terms of remote work and people going into the office, hybrids. Uh, and how is that affecting commercial leases? And so this is somebody who's been in the business through lots of highs and lows, albeit probably not through a pandemic. But he's a, a seasoned professional who's, you know, been successful. So uh, I'm anxious, like a lot of people, to hear what he has to say.
0: Yeah, very anxious because you hear the, you know, the, you know, more people working from home, It you know, be, you know, Normal for people to work from home who maybe didn't work from home before, but you know, I, I know a lot of people that just can't wait get, wait to get back to the office as well. So it'll be very interested to to hear what Chip has to say. So. Uh, kind of moving on, you know, that that event is uh, at noon. Um, you know, what else do we have coming down the, yeah, the line?
1: Well, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk with uh, Joe Biden being the president and somebody who, when he was a U- U.S. senator, took Amtrak back and forth to Delaware every day and conversations already about now that the uh, covid relief package and uh, has been passed about what is a national infrastructure bill and in, in, in rail, high-speed rail across the country being a piece of that. Well, you know, we've worked hard over the years to get expanded commuter rail between Worcester and Boston and want to continue to make improvements, but we do have pre-COVID, you know, those twenty-one round trips a, a day. Hopefully we'll get back to that. But uh, in western Mass, Springfield uh, has a north-south corridor to New York City, but they've been looking to establish a high-speed rail or commuter rail between Boston uh, to Springfield through Worcester, and uh, one of the people leading that is Senator Eric Lesser, and he's going to join us on March 22nd at one o'clock for our President's Council.
0: Yeah, where does the uh, where does the uh, the rail situation stand as a as opposed you know pre COVID to where it is now, and where where uh, you'd like to see it in the future?
1: Well, you know, the MBTA has instituted cuts, and and I think there's you know. Fair amount of debate of of whether the wisdom of that Uh, I I think in the short term, there's no question you've got to make some of those cuts if people aren't using it. But as we ramp back up, there's going to be a number of people who are going back to work that aren't going to have the options of, of what remote looks like. And so what does a new system look like adequately funded? Uh, with the the frequency, you know, maybe you cut down train sizes and sets, but how do you 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 create that frequency that encourages people to use it. So we're not just going back to to cars on the road or an over reliance of cars on the road, which 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 was, you know, prior to COVID, we already had the moniker of being one of the worst states in the country in terms of traffic. So, you know, my hope is, you know, we can use this reset and, and potentially some of the federal dollars that are coming to make some of the infrastructure improvements, you know, can we get to that that vision, at least between Worcester and Boston, where, whether you're at Union Station or Cell Station, Union Station in Worcester or Cell Station in Boston, you know that you can get to Worcester out of Cell Station every half hour, a train, you know, coming or going, and same thing out of Worcester. And ultimately, I think, you know, for people in, in Western Mass., you know, they they like we did. We'll probably have to to start slow. But one of the advantages for people in Central Mass, if we were able to connect through to Springfield, Springfield has uh, you know the you know, rapid rail that goes right down to New York City and and the whole corridor down to to, to Philadelphia and DC on the inland route with with Amtrak. So. There's some connections and benefits uh, for all of us here too.
0: Yeah, so tell us uh, tell us again uh, the name of the event and when it's happening.
1: Yeah, it's the Chambers Presidents Council uh, with, uh, and that's kind of an invitation only uh, with uh, some of our our members and board. Um, but that's uh, on on March 22nd at 1 p.m. So I'm sure there'll be some some news out of that. And, and Senator Lesser was the chair of the Economic Development Committee. He's uh, at, at the State House. Co-chair on the Senate side, he, uh, you know, was able to, we were able to work with him on some things around vocational technical education, which I'm sure he'll touch upon. And uh, clearly the rail is going to be front and center because Springfield and, and, and Worcester, you know, both regions are represented by Two congressmen, Jim McGovern and Congressman Richie Neal, who are chairs of very important committees. Congressman Neal, chair of of, of Ways and Means and Taxation, and Jim McGovern, chair of the Rules Committee. So, uh, and any new bills, including infrastructure, they're, they're going to have a chance to weigh in. Uh, and hopefully that means good things for for Massachusetts.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, good things coming down the road, obviously, with the Woosocks opening up, at least uh, for uh, opening up the facility in a few weeks. Um, you know, exciting news there. Um, you know, exciting news in the Canal District. Uh, you must kind of, like, feel the, you know, the buzz must be palpable, really.
1: Yeah. You can think, you know, things are, are percolating and it may not, uh, you know, we, we're in that season where some days are freezing, some days are warm. Uh, but as the, as we get into better weather uh, and we increase the vaccination numbers, I think people are going to be very anxious to get back out. And you know, the, I think the, the, the Worcester Red Sox will be a major beneficiary of that. I think people just reading the telegram the other day, uh, you know, the Worcester Railers are going to be putting out their schedule for next season's hockey. So, you know, for for communal events that bring people together and, and enjoy uh, the various seasons and sports. Uh, you know, there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel here,
0: and and uh, you'll have to brush up on the golf game a little bit, Tim. Yes, without a doubt. Get that, get that going. So, I appreciate it. That's Tim Murray, CEO and President of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Again, we have uh, we have the business and real estate uh, roundtable noontime. Um, tune in for that. Uh, some exciting other events uh, coming down the pike as well. I'm Dave Nordman, ex- uh, Executive Editor of the Telegram Gazette. Tim, we'll do it again next
1: Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.